Thank you for joining me on episode 30 of the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And sometimes we forget what it's like to be a teenager, so it's good to get another perspective. And today we talk to 15-year-old Shannon Monet, who is on a mission. At a very young age, Shannon dealt with depression and suicide and wants to help other teens know their identity in Christ. To all the outcasts, the throwaways, the rejected, the bullied, the unlovable, the depressed, the suicidal, even the ones who suffer in secret. This is a piece of my story. This was a part of my development. Five years ago in school, I was rejected. I was an outcast. I had something in me that other kids didn't have. I was different and I resented that about myself. I tried and tried to change who I was and it seemed as whatever I did, I still couldn't blend in. They could see through me like a mirror. I squeezed myself into a box that I wasn't created to fit in by saying and doing things that they did. They still could see the light that I was trying to hide. I wanted to blend in with the darkness because I wanted to feel wanted, included, accepted, as if I belonged. I wanted their approval. I was alone and hurt and masked my emotions to make it seem like everything was fine when I wasn't. I was often stabbed in the back, talked about by some who I thought were friends. I was the kid who ate alone, walked alone, talked alone, sat alone. I was at a point where, even in a room full of people, I still felt alone. I felt deserted. I was crying out from the inside and no one knew. I searched and searched for ways to fill that missing void inside my heart, looking towards the wrong resources. And music was one of them. I listened to a lot of secular music, from R&B to pop songs. Any song that came out, I was listening to it. Music became my best friend, and I was unaware of what doorways I was opening up to my spiritual man. I listened to depressing and lonely artists because they could relate to the pain I was going through. Not realizing, the more and more I was letting the songs release into my spirit, the more lonely and depressed I felt. Behind most of the songs in the secular music industry, there was a spirit behind it, including gospel artists. Be aware of what you allow into your ear gates. It's more than just a song. I never realized this until I found the source. In the midst of my pain and hurt, he had to show me who I was in him and not of this world. He had to reveal to me that he is with me and is still with me through it all. He never left me nor forsaken me and he will do the same for you. He is a friend like no other. He will stick with you through the hardest and trying times and even in your best times. My message to you is, why listen to someone who didn't create you? They don't have the right to label you. Only your creator does. And he calls you chosen. He calls you loved and much more. You belong and are welcome into his kingdom. His name is Jesus, and he desires for you to be you. Be who he has called you to be. Be bold, be courageous, be radical. People will hate on and talk about you regardless, whether you do good or bad. Don't blend in with the darkness. Shine your light. 
if you spend your time trying to please people, it's always going to be someone who is unhappy about how you dress, how you talk, how you look. Focus on pleasing God because he's the only one that matters. No one else. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. And you just heard a video from YouTube called The Outcast. This was put out by Shannon Monet. This is kind of her testimony. And Shannon is with us right now. We travel all the way to Detroit, Michigan, which is only a few hours away from me. So Shannon, thank you for being here today. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And Shannon, you're only 15 years old, but here you are as a 15-year-old, and you're on a mission. You're on a mission to help other teenagers just like yourself. And we got a little taste of you in your outcast testimony, but I want to go a little bit into more detail. So tell me, who is Shannon Monet? And just share with me your story. Well, when I was growing up, I was always very unique. The things that made me unique was that I was very mature for my age, my appearance, the way I dressed, and my mother, she always made sure I looked nice. I wore colorful outfits like skirts, hats, scarves, you name it, while everyone else could be wearing jeans. And I would get hated on for that, but I didn't care at the moment because I love my style Mm -hmm. and the way I dressed, and I walked confidently and boldly, no matter what anyone said or thought. Because that's how I was raised, you know, by shaking off any negativity. But it wasn't only that. It was my energy that made me stand up from the crowd. During school concerts, for instance, I was often the only one dancing to the music Mm -hmm. while everyone else stood still because I loved to move and I loved to dance. That's the way I expressed myself. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to take you into my experience of what I went through in fourth and fifth grade. And this time period of my life is what later made me create my video, The Outcast. So I moved to the school, and in this school, this is where my life changed, and it wasn't in a positive aspect. And as soon as I entered and started my first day, I felt unwelcomed. And why I felt so unwelcomed was because I didn't feel any love there. Between my home, my family, my church, and even my old school, I was always surrounded by love. But in this new school, the atmosphere was not very loving. And I was the only black kid in the classroom, so that didn't help either. And the more they got to know me, they paid attention to my differences, and they point out every flaw and imperfection in me, and I became the outcast. And in my younger years, I used to have so much confidence. I was bolder. I loved myself, my personality, my style. But this new school affected my lens and how I viewed myself. Mm. The light inside of me dimmed. My confidence faded away. And I attached every negative word on me like sticky glue. Mm-hmm. I accepted everything they said about me, every word, every look, the loneliness, the depression crept in and began to weigh on me. And the weight became heavier every day. And I was tired of being mentally bullied every single day. And I was only nine years old feeling these heavy emotions. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't know how to handle it. And I did have my parents to talk to, but I didn't want to burden them. And I felt ashamed. So I found other outlets to release my pain. And I went to depressing artists thinking that it would be the solution to my loneliness. But it was only temporary. And the peace was temporary. I was isolated and I was alone. And I watched everyone else with their friends as I was set apart from the others. So it was very painful. Where during lunchtime, they had something called lunch helpers. 
where you help the teacher serve the kids at lunch. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for that so I wouldn't have to leave, so I could leave class early and escape from having to eat lunch alone or attend recess. Yeah. In the times I couldn't do that, I used to just talk to God because he was all I had. And from past experience, just learning, even in church, like, you know, talk to God and different things like that. I'm like, okay, let me try it. Mm -hmm. So during the times I did talk to him, I went in my own world where it felt like it was just me and him. And some days I didn't even speak. Some days I just cried and imagined him walking with me. Yeah, It was an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even sure if God could even hear me or not. But I still spoke, and it was still a part of me that believed. So I stayed in that school till fifth grade, and I ended up leaving for online school in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. But on the last day, a kid told me that they were happy for me to leave, and then they started talking about me like I wasn't even there, whispering to each other, and they really didn't even care Mm -hmm. that I was right there. So I was holding back tears that day, and it made me feel even worthless, more depressed, where I wanted to disappear. And even when I left the school, I was holding on to everything they said to me. The people around me still didn't know what I was going through. And it was a fight I had to fight alone. And it was only God who really knew. Mm -hmm. And that weight that I felt, I noticed when I talked to God, the weight got lighter because it was like I was giving him all the pain. But I really didn't fully let go yet. So the times when I stopped talking to God was the times I felt that weight again because I wasn't fully surrendered. Mm -hmm. But fast forward to July 18th, 2018, I was 11 at the time and I wanted to end my life that day. Mm -hmm. I was hanging on a very thin piece of thread because I was so tired of feeling worthless and feeling alone. I was tired of having constant replays of the things that they said. The voices in my head were getting louder. It was my thoughts combined with the kids' thoughts that were flooding through my mind. Mm-hmm. And I really couldn't even turn it down. It just kept getting louder and louder. And I ended up crying, but not too loud, where my mom couldn't hear me because mm-hmm. she was in the other room. Mm-hmm. And I was really just crying and fussing at God because I was like, I'm tired. I don't want to be different from the crowd. And I didn't like that I wasn't on the same level mentally as any other 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. I really hated it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I was crying in my bedroom, and my mother was in the other room folding clothes. And I suddenly heard footsteps. So I dried my tears so she wouldn't see that I was crying. Mm-hmm. Then she came over to me and started praying for me. She didn't hear like that I was crying. she didn't even know why you were no. crying or whatever? She just, no, just, she didn't even know. She just knew in her spirit, I need to go pray for my daughter. Yes, it was nothing but God. It was definitely a godsend. See, moms are so cool. Yes, they are. (laughs) And (laughs) But she was open to hear God, and as she was praying for me, God showed her a vision of me sitting alone at the lunch table. And when she told me that, Rachel, I was speechless. (laughs) I could do nothing but cry because it was that night when God revealed to me that he was with me the entire time. And he was listening to you. Yes, he was listening. Mm Mm-hmm. And he just used my mother as a vessel to speak to me. And Mm -hmm. if she never went to my room that night, I would have ended my life. So Mm -hmm. he's just so amazing. Yeah. No, that's a great story. And then so what was then the flip? I mean, you you decided, okay, God's obviously listening. He just sent my mom in here to pray for me. She gave uh, God gave my mom a vision. But what was the flip to say, okay, I'm going to start pursuing God more and now I'm going to start helping other people where I was get out of where where they're at well the flip it happened really over it took some years but that night it was like a total shift in me because I'm like okay I have a God who actually sees me and he's been with me this whole entire time so I can walk forward and go 
do what he has called me to do because he revealed so much things to me that night like okay i have a purpose mm -hmm. and so much more so later on probably like four four years ago which is now i mean four years forward which is now i decided like okay I'm going to go forth and I'm going to walk into what he has called me to walk in because people need to hear it. But I was really battling with myself because I'm like, okay, should I really share my story? I'm too young. You know, I should wait till I'm older and just follow what everyone else is doing. Wait to, till they're like in their twenties or to their thirties to follow their dream. But I'm like, no, I got to go now. You know, I'm not too young. I can mm -hmm. go forth. Mm -hmm. People need to hear it. Yeah. And what did, what did your parents say when you shared that with them? Well, it was, well, it it was an interesting experience because, like, I actually when I released the Outcast, it's really when they found out. Oh, but they didn't I did even tell know them, that like, you released the Outcast. No, <laughs> except my except my mother. But like after I released it, that's when they like found out. Like, okay, but I did. My mother only found out when she had that vision that night. That's when I really like poured out to her what mm. happened to me, mm -hmm. and that's what that's what happened. That's how she found okay. out. I dig into that a little bit you said that you have very loving parents and by the sounds of it that your parents sound just fantastic and amazing but why did you not want to bother them I mean that really just sounds like the enemy telling you oh you're gonna it bother was. your parents if you say anything to them it's like he wants to keep you isolated Ooh. so mm -hmm. yes he wants to keep you in an isolated place because I had my mom I had my dad I had people to talk to but I'm like, no, I'm going to stay isolated. I'm going to keep this bottled up inside. But it's like, no, you have to. I mean, I I just kept it bottled up inside. Like, no, you have to keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't tell them. And that's you know, not, go through it alone. And that's the enemy. Yeah. And that's not just teenagers that deal with it. Adults deal with that, too. They feel yes. like, well, I'm going to bother somebody if I share what I'm going through. And that you're exactly right. It's what Satan does to make sure that we are isolated to get us alone. Because then he can feed us more lies that we yes. can then start believing. But the Bible says that we are to share our burdens with one another. And we are also to seek wise counsel. And your parents are obviously wise counsel. Now, the number yes. one thing that I hear from teenagers, and I felt this too as a teenager, of course, is I feel different and that I don't fit in. And I think all teenagers really, in a sense, don't feel fit in. But there's so many that they just know how to camouflage it. They know how to make themselves fit in. So do you feel like you were just one of those people that just really couldn't camouflage themselves? Yes, I was. Even though I tried to camouflage and blend in with everyone else around me, I still remained out of place. Mm -hmm. Even outside of school, I stood out from the crowd because God placed a unique purpose inside of me where I stood out. And I wasn't even trying to. By all means, I preferred to be like everyone else around me. But that wasn't the plan he had intended for me. Mm -hmm. And I actually often relate to Joseph a lot because it's not that he was better than anyone, but it was a purpose that got placed inside of him that mm -hmm. caused him to stand out from the people around him. And even in the same way, when you look at others today, like your Oprah or Obama, it's not that they were different. I mean, it's not that they were better than anyone else. But God called them to that place and God put a special purpose inside of them that was destined for their, their footsteps to walk in. And that's everyone. Everyone has a unique purpose inside of them. Mm -hmm. You said that you would try to escape through music. I want to dig into that a little bit more because I don't think people realize whether they're Christian or not. 
I don't think they realize how powerful music is and how pu- how powerful it is on the brain. Uh, I have read that the effects on music on parts of the brain can be just like drugs. So why was the music that you chose damaging? Yes, music is actually very similar to drugs because it's a way you escape. And yes, the music was a way I used to cope dealing with the heavy emotions I was experiencing, but it was doing more harm than good to my spirit. And the music I chose was very damaging because it was negative and depressing songs that I was listening to. When an artist makes a song, they're putting their heart into it and their feelings into the music. And when you listen to that song, you are coming into agreement with every lyric and every emotion in that song. You are making a connection. It's like a spirit-to-spirit connection. Mm -hmm. When you hear something over and over again, you become it. So the music I was listening to made me more depressed and more suicidal. Words carry power even in our music. And you might realize, okay, if you listen to happy music, it makes you feel happy. But then if you listen to sad music, it makes you feel sad. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to the movies we watch, it it has an effect on you. Yeah, it messes your with your emotions for sure. Yeah. Why do you think Christians should be uh, a little bit more choosy in their music? Because... We should just be careful what we allow in our ear gates because it affects our spirit. Mm-hmm. Even though if, if people might be like, oh, it's just a song, you know, the beat is nice and everything. No, it's not just a song. Yeah. And trust me, I love the beats too. But, <laughs> but at the same time, you have to be very careful because the words carry power. And it's just really important. You have to really be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that for teenagers, it's harder to let go of specific music or is it just across the board? Everybody, it's it's a lot hard or it's hard for everybody to give up specific music. Well, yes, it is hard for everybody, even for teens, because I believe teens are trying to find a way to cope. And I understand that. But Mm -hmm. they choose music that connects to how they're feeling mm-hmm. and not only that but they may have friends or people on social media listening to the latest artists and the latest songs because it's catchy and everyone's doing it but it places you into like peer pressure mm-hmm. so it can be hard so was it hard for you or yes, when you it made was that definitely sh- a process yes. okay i wasn't sure if like when you made that shift you were like okay i'm gonna choose different i'm gonna choose more wisely or different i know for me well, time yeah yeah <laughs> I, I became a christian when i was 16 and it was a long time before i gave up uh, a lot of secular music and it was because just right. like you said well the mm-hmm. beat's good well there's a little bit more to it than just the beat you're you're listening to words that you shouldn't be listening to or celebrating things that you shouldn't be listening to that goes against exactly against the lord now let's talk about the box and the outcast you talk about being inside the box what does that mean because i think the box looks different depending on what school you're at what environment you're in your city your age what what are your thoughts on that well when i tell people to step out the box i mean be you who god has called you to be choosing to be different and to step out of the world's expectations and following what god calls you to do and also it goes with having a kingdom mindset instead of following everyone else's lead on social media and school and even in your own everyday life i had someone who reached out to me from social media and they told me that it's very hard to stand out in school and i get it that's because of the peer pressure and you want to feel accepted yeah and i had a hard time at first and it did take time i'll be honest with you it really took time Mm -hmm. and what I really could say to teens who feel that way is by connecting with other people on your level because it can get hard. I recommend like going on different Christian groups or social media, church activities, because it really makes a difference in your life. 
Well, and I think with church, when you say church activities, I think the church is the place to have that freedom of who God created yes. you to be. You don't necessarily feel that freedom, maybe in your workplace or in school, but church is the place that is supposed to be. There is unity in diversity. So no matter where God has gifted you, the talents and the passions that he has given you, there is a place for you here right in the body of Christ. And I think that's exactly. that's one of the wonderful things about being a Christian and about uh, the local church. And like I said earlier in at the beginning, you're on a mission to help teenagers understand their identity in Christ. And it's it's a phrase that we hear a lot about. And so I want to talk about let's talk about other people for a moment. I see so many pastors and speakers and teachers. They say things like, hey, be bold, have courage and don't compare yourself to other people. And it makes you you walk away feeling good for a minute. But there's a lot more to it than just saying, don't compare yourself to other people. How do you actually do this? How do you help people know their identity in Christ? Because I'm going to tell you right now, for me personally, I know what the Bible says. I know that it says I am the apple of God's eye, that he thinks of me more on the sands and the shore. But it didn't mean anything to me for a long time because it was just scripture that was in my head. It had to really pierce my heart for me to develop it. So I kind of want to get your take on how you do this, how you help other teenagers. Well, right. That is true. But ways that you can stop comparing yourself to others is really by having is really by believing who God says you are and he created everyone different and that you're special in your own way. And we also have to realize that we have different strengths and different weaknesses. And there might be people who look better than you, who have more money than you, but you have to know within yourself that you're special as well and be confident in that. We have to have humility. And lastly, we have to rely on God's opinion about us than the opinions of others. Mm -hmm. And we might also have to pray for help because it can be hard. Do you think it's a process and it's a long process? It is definitely a process. Yes, it is. And I think that's not I think that's something we are not communicating when we hear teachers and speakers say, hey, we we need to know our identity in Christ. I don't think we're communicating that this is a process. This is not something that you are going to grasp overnight. Now, you are passionate about teenagers changing the world around them. So if they're learning who they are in Christ, their identity in Christ. How do they then pour that out into other people to be an atmosphere changer? Well, from my personal experience, how I became an atmosphere changer started by soaking in the presence of God, getting to know him for who he is. When you want to know more about someone, you start to communicate with them and you discover more about them. And the more you talk with the person, the deeper the relationship gets because you are seeking him or communing with him on a daily basis. It's spirit to spirit engagement. Also by worshiping him. Also, this is a side note. Teens that I come across often think that worship is boring when it's actually not. It's based on how fun you make it to be. There's Mm -hmm. no limit to God. It's us who puts limits on him and puts him in a box. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, what are you saying? You know, I just, no, I think you're right as far as the worship goes. I think we have this idea of what worship is supposed to look like, but we can worship God in so many different ways. And if we just put, okay, going back to the box, if we just put God in a box on how we worship him, then yeah, it's going to be boring. But there are different ways that we can worship God that can be exciting. And then... Of course, the more you get to know God, the more you get to know yourself, which means the more unique you realize 
that you are and how you can be used for God and for his kingdom. What would you say right now to parents? I want you to talk to parents for me. And if they are struggling with a child who is feeling different, who doesn't fit in, or maybe who is having suicidal thoughts, what would you say to that parent right now? Well, I have came across so many teens on social media, and they often talk to me. And the main thing they tell me is that they feel like they can't go to their parent because they feel like they won't be taken seriously, mm-hmm. or it'll turn into a lecture, mm-hmm. or they might be brushed off. So... I really suggest to focus on listening and not lecturing Mm -hmm. and also being gentle and just showing your love and putting your heart into it Mm -hmm. towards that teen. And then also taking them seriously, but still like persistent at the same time. Like, don't let them brush you off either. Like, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about my depression, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. But right. So don't avoid talking about depression and sweep it under the rug. Instead, talk about it with your teen. Because not talking about it is doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. And be consistent with your conversations. Be consistent in the conversations how? Are we talking every day? Or are we ta- what are we talking every day. about? Every, every day. day. Okay. Yes. When's the best time do you feel like it is to talk to a teenager? I know for me personally, I have two teenagers at home. And nighttime always seems to be the best time to go into the room nighttime, right yes. before. <laughs> now, why is that? Because when you're a parent, man, you're tired. You want to go to bed. But I have found that that is the best time to talk to my kids. Right. I, I don't know, because I guess since we're on chill during that time, I mean, after we finish school and everything, we want to head to our rooms and mm-hmm. basically relax. But anyway, also, you can also probably do it during car rides or something. Just talking to your mm-hmm. child. Yeah. That's probably then the best you, Then time you can't too. get away because you're you're stuck in the car with them. Now, right. talk to the parents <laughs> that are like your parents. I mean, your parents are fantastic parents. They care about you. They love you. They wouldn't have brushed you off, but you chose not to bother them. What if there's a parent out there that has no idea that their kid is going through what they're going through because the child is not talking to them? How then does the parent that's listening right now kind of engage? Well, I suggest like face-to-face conversations because I always had that with my mother and my parents. Just those face-to-face conversations are what really helped me with my depression like just being able to speak with them and talk with them, knowing that they're there for me, mm-hmm. even though I may not open up as quickly, still knowing that I can go to them and I can run to them if I'm ever going through anything. Mm-hmm. So just that open door of communication. Mm-hmm. What a, now, now let's switch. Let's talk to the teenager out there or even maybe an adult, an adult that's going through depression. They're feeling like they need to they don't fit in at work or the child that doesn't fit in at school. And they just think, man, life would just be better if I wasn't here. Speak to that person right now. What would you say? Well, I know the pain hurts and I honestly know how it feels where it's like you're drowning in deep waters with loud thoughts that come through your mind. And I know many who tried therapy, music, drugs, but they were all temporary solutions to the problem. It's because there's only one person who could deliver you, and that is God. And he loves you more than anyone in this world could. And I understand how you feel because I've been through it myself, and you are not alone. Mm -hmm. There is a God that sees you. There is one that cries with you at night, and he desires for you to be free. And all you really have to do is surrender to him. Mm -hmm. Suicide is a permanent decision to a temporary problem. Mm -hmm. And you may feel like you can't hold it anymore. And 
you can't do this. And you're right. You can't, but God can. And there there isn't anything that God can't fix. Right. How can I find you? I know you're on Instagram. We can also find you at shannonmonet.com. Do you have any other links that I can stick in the show notes for people to follow you? Or do you do you speak at all at conferences? Not yet. I'm just guesting on podcasts for now. So you're just kind of getting your feet wet as far as speaking engagements and that type of thing. Yes, I am. Okay. So, yep, you can follow Shannon Monet on Instagram, ShannonMonet.com. And Shannon, any last words before we leave today? I just want to encourage you to walk in your purpose and regardless of what others say, just pursue that calling and a process will be involved and patience will be required. Mm -hmm. For example, to become a butterfly, a caterpillar must go through different stages. Mm -hmm. And the same is true for you. Throughout your life, you'll go through phases, different seasons and different obstacles, but never stop pursuing that calling that God has for you and that purpose. Don't give up. Don't back down and don't let anyone stop you, especially yourself. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for being here. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you again for joining Shannon and I on that conversation. If you find yourself or your teenager in this same place Shannon did, please reach out to a trusted counselor or pastor. Don't forget to download, share, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you right back here next week.